solstice. Oh, you're tweeting. Well, tweets, and I'm trying to, I try to post to the the page we have, and then our Twitter account once a day. Okay. You want to do the show? Uh, yeah, sure. We can do the All show. Right, we're doing a show. It is official. It's been launched. Uh, I um. Did it, you know if this is? I, I know we're a very we're quote unquote evergreen here on this show, but uh, it is technically summer, and uh, it. I got to be honest with you, I'm okay with that. It's not blistering hot. Uh, yeah. Is there someone that's not okay with that? <laughs> yes, people who love to tan and sweat. Oh man! First of all, do people still lay out? Is that still a thing? No, but it's funny. I I, I was talking to someone who will remain nameless. Welcome to Hollywood. Anonymous, I'm Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. I'm not I thought you were going to thought... stop there. Like, welcome to Hollywood, everybody. Well, I, I just realized that I said I was talking to someone tomorrow about something. So apparently I'm Future Man. Uh, with all my uh, bad movies that I've been watching, apparently I'm, I'm confused as to what's reality. You have and no what's, idea what's happening in your what's... real life. <laughs> You're too busy plotting the death of people that have wronged you. Uh, or... nice. Um So I was talking to somebody yesterday who remained nameless. And it was like almost like a guilty admission. He's like, well, you know, the wife and I, we still, you know, tan, fake tan every once in a while. And we kind of made awkward eye contact for a little bit too long. And I think it was almost like he was telling me, like, you know, I, I drink too much sometimes. Like, that's that it was kind of the more acceptable. The more same. acceptable to drink too much is more acceptable, though. <laughs> like, if someone's like, oh, look, I got a drink, you probably be like, yeah, okay. So does like a lot of America. Like, hey, I still, I still tan. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but, is it, is it, I, I didn't, you know, it's funny. I don't. You know, I, I have fake tanned in my life, as no, I'm sure a lot look, of people have. I've gone to a tanning booth. My wife gets spray tanned sometimes. She's but that's got not like tanning, a... though. That's spray tanning. That's different. That's yeah, not the right. Light that's, that's not the light bulby thing. That's not the light bulby thing. You're right. You walk into a, uh, I guess it's like a, a tube. We did a we did a, um, a hidden camera prank once on a show I worked at in Vegas that was, this girl came in for a wedding and like the... The mark was the person working there, and she turned the thing on, and this girl comes out bright orange. Like, what did you do? And she's like, oh, my God. And she had to be bright orange at the wedding. Right. Nonsensical. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, I just don't – fake tanning just doesn't seem uh, like it was the business it was back in, like, the 80s and early 90s. Do you no, know I think what I most mean? of the business goes through the White House. Because there's something going on there. Mm. I don't know if that's a spray or if that's a. Oh, that's uh, that. I would assume that's like a spray, a cream, and it's like a tanning bed. Like and maybe a skin condition that they're covering up or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe anyway, don't yeah. want to talk about that because I don't. Yeah. I don't like that whole thing. Um, I was getting very nostalgic this week. Somehow, for whatever reason, I decided to go to Instagram. Speaking of posts, and I uh, I looked to see what posts existed for the Herald Examiner. Cause oh, only cause wow. Because somebody brought it up yesterday, was asking about our podcast, and I said, well, you know, it started at the Herald Examiner, and then I kind of went, man, how many years ago was that? 2015. Was it 2015? Wow. That's crazy. Four years? I think so. No, it's uh, three. I feel like, I don't know. No, I think, I think it was 2015 because... I met Nicole in 2013, and then oh, this is spiraling out of control, like one of my dad's stories. No, no, no. But then I, but then I was, I was doing another podcast for a, very, a while while I, while I was dating her, and then that podcast ended, and then we started this. So I, I was working at, um, it was the end of when I was on that show, Freak Out for 495. That production company it was a hidden camera show. It was a terrible, awful, awful hidden camera show for. Uh, uh, Freeform, the Freeform Network, which was like ABC Family at the time, some 
bullshit network that could not get it together. Like, they had no idea who they were. They're like, we want to show family-friendly programming that's violent. And you're like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Like, and then they would be like, we need it more scary. And then you'd make it scary. And they'd be like, what is this? This is terrifying. Be like, what do you want? Can I, well, I want to, we'll get back to the Herald Examiner in a second. But did you see that post about the kid from Stranger Things doing that? Everybody's really, really ragging <sighs> okay, on that yeah, thing. Let's so just to, to be yeah. clear, because I'm sure you probably know people that are working on that project. Uh, but to be clear, the way it was pitched, uh, you know, in social media was that he was a part of a show where they're going to prank people who are trying to get jobs. And right. everyone is like, oh, cool. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, people that but, are but, trying but to get jobs. But people are shitting on the kid who, like, didn't come up with the concept. I'm sure he was just a, literally a terrorist. They were like, we need to it. put... A, like, maybe he did, I don't know. Look, but. I mean, this is someone who saw what, like, a punk could do for someone. Like, Ashton Kutcher created... But Ashton helped create that show. This kid didn't help create the show. That you know of. That I know of. I mean, he and was... he's also a child. He's so, a, technically, yeah, exactly. he's exactly. Ashton was an adult who could go drink if he wanted to. This kid can't okay, even it's vote. not always about drinking and tanning, but... No, okay, but he could go to a tanning booth and not have any... Not get carded. <laughs> but... But I mean, this kid is like he's he's the he's the face of of youth right now. I Do mean, you know anybody that's working on that show? I don't, oh, honestly. Okay. That I've been told of, no. Now, is I, is I, the show being misrepresented? I, I'm sure it is because I would find it hard to believe that the entire premise of a show is to fuck with people who are looking for employment. Now, we did some on Punk years ago. I think the guy's name was Chad Michael Murray. I'm not 100 percent sure. He's he's an actor. He was he had a, three names. Yeah, he was an actor. Let's just he, start there. He came in for what we told him was uh, an audition to play a villain in the new Spider-Man movie. Now, that's not something you would take lightly as an actor, right? So he came in prepared with the lines, uh -huh. ready to do this. Uh -huh. Then the prank was they rig him up in this thing. They pull him off the ground. Uh -huh. He's supposed to be doing his thing as if he's on a green screen, hovering over Spider-Man, whatever it is. And then everyone breaks for lunch and sort of leaves him there. And then there's an issue and then there's a problem. And at the end, they reveal... I, I did not produce this bit, to, to be honest. Now we know how it ends, so well, continue. <laughs> but 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 then at the end he signed he did sign the, I think it aired but he said to one of the people that was asking him to sign he's like this is kind of fucked up yeah this is what I do for a living yeah. I audition I prepare yeah and if you think that actors just walk into a room and read lines there's no way this guy took weeks to yeah. prepare this part yeah. this is weeks out of his life he's never getting I mean, back Spider Man is a big franchise Spider Man like is, was a he, it's a huge franchise now it was yeah, a huge right, franchise yeah. back then it's like they've rebooted it a thousand times but like but that's it's not it's not a nice thing to do no. and that's that's to an actor who, like most people in society, don't feel sorry for this guy. He's got a billion dollars. He's been in a million movies. You know what I mean? No one's like, ooh, boo, 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 poor, poor, poor actor guy. But now take that to be a dude with three kids who lost his other job and uh, has to find a new one and then comes in uh, to this prank show thing thinking he's got an opportunity to work. I just find it hard to believe that someone would think that was funny. Do you know what I mean? Like pranking a, a regular guy or girl trying to find employment. You know, in but a time when like, like but it reads like that's what the show is, though. That's the problem. And I wonder if the show is ever actually going to get made now because of that. I worked. I worked on something a long time ago that never saw the light of day. Um, it was was right was before my brother's wedding. It was supposed to be twenty weeks worth of work. So I like as soon as I got the job, went out and got like 
a stereo and some new shit. And you know what I mean? I was like, 20 weeks, I can now I can afford my brother's wedding. I can get a tux, all that. But the show was, I was writing bits that were were basically bringing people in to be background in movies and TV and then moving them up to the, the limelight and then fucking with them. You yeah. know what I mean? So even as I was writing those bits, I was like, ugh, yeah. this is rude. And you and I have talked about this before. The first time that we actually didn't meet but were in the same room was on the Jamie, Jamie Kennedy yes. experience where I came in at, yeah. for the audition yep. to supposedly make out with the old lady. Yeah. Which I called out immediately. And After you kissed. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, that that was... Uh, um, I'm just curious to how that's all going to play out. Um, because I, it, I it, it, it just... However they... L- Sometimes you, you look at P- the PR machine and it gets out and you kind of go, how many people let this go by? Dude. And, and yeah. I mean, there's talk online and in the news every single day about jobs and how it's getting worse and there's a huge bigger and bigger separation between the rich and the, and the poor and the middle class is dissolving and people that are middle-aged struggling to get job like real jobs and you see all this and then you go somebody went you know it'd be hilarious to take to all bring that these people in <laughs> yeah i just i find it hard to that's believe a lot that of people the premise of the show like but that's how it was that, promoted that's how it's promoted but I, I i would hope that there's more and also What's the reveal? If the reveal is They're there's no job, a, but, but here's a million dollars, then great. Let's bring those people in and fuck with them. But if the reveal is, ha-ha, this curly-haired piece of shit from some show you've never seen. Oh, no, we've is, all seen is, show. I mean, if, you, if you're a dad looking for a job, you're not sitting in front of Netflix fucking watching Stranger Things for three seasons. You know what I mean? Oh. You're out looking for work. Oh. Yeah, I, I get it. You've seen every episode. <laughs> I've seen every episode. We're not out looking for work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, but there, but I, I just feel like what I didn't like was everyone shitting on the kid. It was like this kid and famous people too. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like, look, he's a child who was told there's more money if you do this show. Oh, I'll do that show. Well, you know, here, so this the big thing. I th- the the difference between what it was like when we were growing up and and new ideas were announced and promoted to where they are now, and which is why I told you that I don't spend a lot of time on social media anymore is because people can just get douchey, like it's instant douchebaggery, and and. And even when people are called out for being wrong on their douchebaggery, I think the apology rate is about 10%. Everybody else just goes, ah, nah, and walks away. Yeah, because they know that five seconds later, somebody else is going to be a bigger douche and something else is going to go on. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of that. Why would I apologize when I can just walk away and no one will ever remember it? Yeah. You know what I mean? I uh, think you should always own up to your shit. I, oh, I'm, I 100% agree with you. And um, it's always been something... It it, it 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 makes me uh, upset inside, like in my stomach and everything. If I'm if I'm not owning up to, if I did something and I'm letting other people take a fall, I could never do that. Right. You know what now, I mean? I don't think I don't know if you actually do any. I think now you're just being you're you're just you know, Mr. Silly Pants on on the internet. But I I don't I don't even try to. I don't jump on anything. No, I'm very passive now. Anyway, like I'll log on, I'll look at social media, and then I get off. You're a lurker. I'll, Occasionally, I'll post something. We could. Well, the problem is, dude, I just don't have it in me to be that active anymore. I don't see the benefits of it. So, 
I go in, see, you know, check in on some of my friends, see what they're posting, see if there's anything that entertains me. Did you see my and Father's Day post about you? I, I, I did. Thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. I, uh, I know I should like that stuff, but I, I, I don't know. But lurkers fine. don't like so that. That's a T-shirt. Lurkers don't like. Uh, but I know I, I, I just and then before you know it, somebody's upset about Donald Trump, and then there's an argument, and then people hate Bernie Sanders, and then yeah. everybody says oh, somebody else is great, and then I'm like, I got to get off of here. Yeah. I can't. It gets depressing very quickly because you know the world is coming to an end twelve seconds after you you read someone's great joke, and I just I don't. Yep, I I, I will say I there is a Twitter. I, I still am fascinated by it. Um, Super seventy sports. Super seventy sports is Which an is awesome. Probably the only thing that, that I log is on such for a Twitter. good Twitter feed, man. It's usually just like here's Tim Raines sliding into second with a pocket full of cocaine, and you're like, dude, this yeah. is awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I really like Lou Pinella and somebody argue it. You like just yeah. that kind of stuff. Like again, if you use social media for what you like, like you like to be entertained by old sports, you yeah. like old movies. There are accounts you can follow yeah. that will give you just that information. Yeah. Now, I follow other people. I do follow political comics and all that kind of stuff because I'm curious. I do get a lot of news from Twitter. You find out something immediately. I don't know if this happened to anybody you know, but the other day, Nicole called me into the bedroom. It was like early in the morning. She goes, oh, my gosh, Gene Wilder died. And in my head, I was like, holy shit, I thought he already died. And then I was like, again, I go, I go, that's terrible. And then I go out into the living room, I get on my phone and I go on Twitter and I'm like, no one else is saying anything about Gene Wilder. And then I look up Gene Wilder. He did die in 2016. Yeah. He passed away. Yeah. And and somebody had reposted and then a friend of hers grabbed it without thinking and was like, RIP Gene Wilder. (laughs) Yeah. Because sometimes people are in a hurry to be the one to make the announcement. That's why why I couldn't. That's why I was like, I don't want to be the first guy to say Gene Wilder. So that's why I went online and was like, I think. And I go, hey, babe. For the other room, I go, Gene Wilder's been dead for a couple of years, and she was like, "Ah." Well, and you know that was to 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 make it a little bit closer to home. That's what's been still going on with this Brody Stevens thing that drives me a little bit nuts. Is is uh, some people I know some people are struggling with with losing him, but there's I also see a lot of this people that are that are really kind of like trying to ride whatever relationship they thought they may have had with him and just don't let it go. And it's and and it's that or like the the. there seems to be some people feed on sadness to get attention. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And they and and I and I feel like within our small circle, a lot of people are just refuse to let go of it because they got some immediate attention for sharing something in the relationship with him and how it affected our. And I, again, there's obviously something missing with those people that obviously they need this, and I'm so I'm not bagging on them per se. But I'm just noticing it that some people are just yeah. not letting go of their attachment to him. Now I will say I, I uh, you know, everybody grieves differently. Correct, and, and that's why I said I'm not yeah, smashing yeah, yeah, yeah. anybody. But right. I just noticed that, and I don't know. I don't know. You know, I I only know my relationship with Brody, mm-hmm. and I only I will freely admit that we were not besties, and that we spoke kind of in passing, yeah. but like. To the point we made er- before with Brody was that he always made me feel like I belonged, like I was a comic, like I should be there, like I had every right. As and you know what I mean, like he always made me feel like, yeah, I was doing the right thing, and he never forgot who I was. And to me, that's, I mean, I've known people, for, you know, years and years and years, talked to him on the phone, they still can't remember my name. So, the fact that this guy could do that was what, what, 
what stuck with me. Now, other people, I will say there is, you're, you're right in the sense that people feed off a of sadness and, the, and this depression and this like, I, I understand it's okay to not be okay. I understand that it's okay to feel depressed or sad and you should reach out and you should talk to people and there's, there's steps you can take to sort of correct that. Um, I feel some people aren't taking any steps because they don't know who they are without sadness. Yeah. And and that's just a little weird to me. But anyway, let's uh, moving on. But again, from that. that's those are people that don't necessarily have things like you have in your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the takeaway here is you gotta follow Super Seventy Sports if you want to. <laughs> the um the uh so back to the Herald Examiner. So oh, I, yeah. I went to I I, I went to uh, Instagram and I just uh, you know, there's a lot of different hashtags, but I just went started with just Herald Examiner building and it's so funny to see it, it was. It literally was like a walk down memory lane because you it's know. Some gotta be. Are you in there, some of the pictures? Uh, yeah, but old Ian Bag show <laughs> stuff when we used to when we used to our podcast back there. Uh, good God, like six years ago. But no, 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 nothing else. I mean, obviously, I was. I kind of stayed out of out of the way and was a behind the scenes guy. But um, it's just interesting to see people take you know set pictures. Well, you the know, history and just, of that and building. And well, there's history of the building, but then there's just people you know just their lives of whatever they were filming at that time, and and then people. You know, they they branch off and they they'll take photos. It was a unique looking building and stuff like that. But it, it, what, uh, there was I was surprised at how many shots. Um, for those of you who don't know, like I, uh, um, I I ran it two times, but the second time when I came back, I had to rebuild. Um, the, the specialty of that building was all the looks. Yeah. So it started with the lobby, beautiful lobby, but then past that, it was kind of just a shell. And I had to build all the sets. I had to design them, build all the sets, and that was something I, I really. So you know, helped put in the the precinct station looking yeah, I did play, all that and stuff. then I the, built the hospital the, stuff, yeah. and then the I designed all that stuff and built it. I yeah. mean, that's dude. That there are there are, like are days when I kick myself for not taking more advantage of that building. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a, it was a great building, but yeah. So I had to you know the, the bar set was gone, so I had to, I found it in the basement of L.A. Center Studios. Rented a truck, loaded it back up, had to build it piece by piece. Wow! Back the shells of it, same thing. The the uh, the both police stations, the hospital, so all that stuff was uh, there. There was no jail set. I actually designed a jail set, hired some people, had them build it for me. Uh, so I, that was kind of the stuff that I. That I, jail I, set's I, awesome yeah, too, by the way. Designed it and yeah. built all that stuff. So, which is interesting because like I don't think a lot of people like I think they just looked at me like I was just some dude that just you know was a paper pusher. You know what I mean? I was just a contract guy, but like the, what. My joy of doing that was all the behind-the-scenes actual work of designing sets. Like, I, when I found out that um, I was getting uh, the initial scout for Brooklyn Nine-Nine to shoot their pilot there, I designed the set to have the ultimate presentation in hopes that they would choose my location yeah. for their pilot. Because and it was they did. Being, because it was being produced by, I think, Fox and NBC at the time. They could have just as easily just built it on a stage. They didn't have to do it Absolutely. at my location. Yeah, it was Fox, and it, they could have totally done that. Yeah, but they did. And so I got it. And, and, you know, I'm sure everybody will can you can deny it, but I'm telling you right now, every time you watch that show, the way it looks is that, because... That, I was going to say, the design is now, it's the same as it was at the Herald. Correct. Yes. Like, if the pilot, the pilot that aired that I saw... If that was shot at the Herald, it looks mm-hmm. like the same. It fucking was. So they came in they, and they told me. So here, so to give you a little background on it, they came in, they liked it, they said yes. Um, I mean, they made their own personal tweaks to it. Don't get me wrong. I am not the production designer. And no, I'm not the but visionary. They, but the but the, you didn't the just look, show an empty room. No, I designed it as a police station so that when they walked in there, my job was 
you walk into a place and you go, yeah, I mean, I, I, yes, of course. Of course this is a police of station. Co- of course. You, know, you find out what they're looking for. You take them to those places and go, here's a police station. Here's a hospital room. Here's a jail. Like, Yeah, the, the trick is, not the trick, but, but, but the way to do it is in, it, you talk to them in advance, the location scouts, producers at this sure. time, whoever was involved, and you're like, what is it that you need? Well, this is what I need. And then I go, all right, when do you want to come in? Two days from now. I go grab my guys and go, listen, this is this is a big deal. This is worth a lot of money. So this is what I know they're looking for. So this is what I want to do. And then we start creating that environment so that when they walk in, it's like, boom, home run, right? So that's what we did. But so what, when they came in, they said, listen, here's what's going to happen, just so you know. Because there is a... There is some legalities to likenesses, and so they have sure. to be up front. So they said, we, it, we're going to choose this place, but you need to understand if it gets picked up. We're not going to We're coming here. back. We're going to send in our art department. They're going to take every single measurement, and, 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 and re, we're, we're taking this, and, and we're taking it, it on stage. Yeah. And I said, I don't care. We're doing a pilot. They don't want to build us a set on stage right now yeah. because they this don't know if this is going to be any good. Yeah. So we found a location. And then they, at least I will say, at least they were up front and said, hey, we're going to rip off this location and put it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, instead of being like, no, and giving, trying to give you some sort of fucking smoke up your ass about how, oh, we'll do the we'll whole show back. here. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, and you're like, no. But I already knew that wasn't going to be the case. I mean, no, I you that knew was a long from shot, your experience, yeah. but also them just being up front was nice, yeah. is, yeah. is all I'm saying. I, I, put, I really like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think it's very, very funny. I think... Andy is one of the most talented guys out there. I think everybody in that cast is so fucking funny. Um, the two old guys, Dirk Blocker and, uh, God, what are their names? Scully and Hitchcock on the show. Uh, they've become, like, when I first saw the show, I was like, eh, okay, yeah, two reti- old, okay, yeah. They had some lines here and there. They've become major characters, and it's, I love seeing that because these guys, when you look at their IMDb, it goes back to like 1958 or something <laughs> crazy. Like these guys have been acting forever. They've been in a bunch of different shit. They've played cops. They've played robbers. They've played cowboys. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've they've been in a bunch of stuff. So to see these two guys, and even Adrian uh, uh, Brower, uh, just to see guys like that who who don't come from the fu- Lonely Island world, you know, who aren't yeah. like making jokes about putting dicks in boxes and whatever. Like these guys are like trained actors and to see them come on a show like this and and literally dominate like they're the best actors there you know i mean joe latruglio is great terry cruz is great um but like melissa from i'm gonna butcher her name from marrow i'm not they're all good you know stephanie bates that's all of them are good but like those three particular the older guys Act circles around everybody, and it's hilarious to yeah. me. It's hilarious, but but yeah, the I, I I'm and that that police station you're talking about where they shot the pilot also was a campaign headquarters on Parenthood. Yeah, uh, was that because you were there? Is that why you remember that? I saw it and I watched that show religiously. Parenthood. Yeah. Oh, I was okay. really like I like Dax Shepard and, and yeah. I mean, I had you know I had regular customers over the years that always shot there. I mean, to go back as far as Without a Trace or Cold Case or Parenthood. Dude, Without a Trace ran for like a very long time, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, NCIS. Yeah. I mean, there were specific shows, um, Castle. Like they all oh, shot Castle. there repeatedly. And I think every single one of those shows I just listed also shot in that exact same police station. It looked a little bit different over the years. Sure. 
because ulti- the, 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 floor, the floor was famous. If you look at the usual suspects, the floor was different. The floor pattern was very recognizable at the Herald Examiner forever, and it changed when um, the Todd Phillips movie that escapes me right now about the parking uh, 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 ticket guys, that movie that he made didn't do very well. It had the uh, John Hader in it. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but anyway, that they 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 asked if they could put down a new floor, and I said, absolutely, because I wanted a different look. And what's funny was at that time they were also shooting Spider Man Three, and so I had to negotiate between the Todd Phillips movie and the Spider Man Three movie because Spider Man Three booked the booked the police station, and it is in Spider Man Three. And then they were like, but they booked it as the old police station, so. The way it looks in Brooklyn Nine Nine was kind of the way it moved. I moved forward with it, but for, for Spider Man Three, they wanted it the other way. So they had they came so basically to look older. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they came in. They wanted to rip out the floor and put the other floor back in and all this stuff. I think in the end, I can't remember. It's been so long now, but I think instead what they did was they just came back and they repainted it and made it look like it was before. Wow. Wow. That's what I love about the film business. I mean, it was and it, and to have two huge um, uh, films, uh, you know, fighting over the location was kind of fun too. Essentially, you know? the floor. Yeah. yeah, but that's. I mean, what? So wait, in you, it, it is in Usual Suspects. Yeah, the, that's the, the police station. The police station. Usual suspects, suspects. Yeah. So when so when they bring Verbal Kent in, yeah, and they have, they interrogate him. Chaz Palminteri interrogates All that's him, yeah, the, that stuff is done there. The the famous you know the, the the famous scene where he reveals who he is in the in the in the you know captain's office. Yeah, that's he all drops the cup and yeah, that's, on the that, bottom of it. It's that's, Kobayashi. That was all there, and, yeah, and it was Super Eight also. That was the police station in Super Eight. Dude, we t- really yeah. Didn't we see Super 8 in the yes. theater together? Yes, we did. Did you point that out? In Madison, yeah. Oh, okay. You probably just don't remember, yeah. Hmm. I actually, um, and, and his name escapes me right now, very famous director uh, for Spider-Man 3. Uh, he came from, um, oh, gosh, what is his name? Hold on, let me find a thing here. Um, Sam Raimi. Oh, yeah. So so they came in for the scout, and Sam Raimi wanted to work out some uh, some some scene work stuff. So he he's like, he's like, can you... Can you do some stuff? Can you grab these folders? Can you do some walking and talking with these guys? So somewhere, there's footage of you behind the scenes. (laughs) There, there is stuff of me. Hello, Mr. Remy. Here is your file. That's right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So somewhere, but you know, but that that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. What was really cool. So what? But one of the one of the things. So anyway, that going back to that. That's so I was looking at that stuff. But one of the things that that I found interesting was it wasn't the police station that showed up most frequently, at least just in this hashtag, right? It was the jail that I had designed, oh. right? And it got me. And I I don't think I've ever told this story before on the show, but I remember I got a call once from these guys, and they it was it was a just people who had a lot of money, and they were like, "Look, we're in Los Angeles. We're, we live in London, and our buddy." Is is getting married, and so we're his bachelor party. We're gonna fly to L.A., and we want to prank him. And he goes, uh, "We happened to a friend of mine worked on a production, and he said that you have a police station and a jail there." And I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, we what we want to do to prank him is that we're gonna be hanging out, we're gonna get some drinks, and then we're just gonna have him get arrested. We're gonna rent a police car, have him get arrested, process, and thrown in jail, and then we're all gonna pop out of their jail." Uh, cells and we're gonna be like ah yeah we pranked you right holy shit 
And I was like, all right, you know, whatever. Yeah, money is I, money. Well, and I said to him, I go, he's cool with this. This will be cool, right? And he goes, yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. He'll I can't get tell you job. how much often that's just misjudged. But so, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I book it. I don't work that day. It was like on a Sunday. Like, I, I, put, I put it on a day where it was, it was. You wouldn't be there. <laughs> well, it was just, it was also vacant. You couldn't have another production there because the joke would yeah, work. It yeah, had yeah. To be We're walking by Vin Diesel yeah. here at Triple X as we take you to yeah. your jail cell. Um, so, anyway. I get I, I I put the thing together. It happens on a Sunday morning, and I get a call from my site rep, and he said, uh, "Hey man, um, what the fuck? What, <laughs> what is this thing that I I just worked on?" I go, "Why?" He goes, "Well, okay, um, so these guys just pulled up in a police thing, and they kept screaming at this guy in the police car. Keep your head down. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your head down. And they took him into the police station, and then like you can open your eyes now." And they yelled at him for a while, and they made it. They accused him, I think, of murder or something. I can't remember what it was. And the guy was like, "I didn't. I swear to you guys, I didn't do this." And then they're like, "We don't want to talk to you right now." And they go, "Close your eyes." And they took him down the hallway because you know there were sets there's, in between there's a, sets. You have to, if you so walk you to have, the if you walk to the police station, to the jail, you got to walk through like apartments. Other sets, yes. <laughs> so you had to go through other sets. So they're like, "Close your Close eyes." eyes. I've been like, "Fuck off." And they were like, they were so. And he goes, "They were so mean to him." And then they just shoved him in one of the jail cells, and then they walked away. And then the guy started crying. Oh God! And he oh was God! No! And I was like, "What?" No. He goes, "He goes, dude. I don't think this is right. I think something's wrong. What should I do?" I go, "I don't know. Tell him to, to just. They should end this." And he and he, so they did. They went in there and they're like, "Surprise!" And he was like, "This is mean." Like the whole guy, like it did. It went so bad. Like it was not. What they thought. What did they think? What he's going to be like? Oh, I'm being accused of murder. This is hilarious. Yes. Like going back to we we're talking about the prank stuff. It's just like you got to You got to You you have to ha- you have to have a gauge on humanity and know like how yeah. far you can take something. Right. Yeah. It's just a complete. And that happens like people who think like, oh, I know my friend. My friend loves like my friend loves like I've worked on prank shows. If you know me, don't pull pranks on me. Right. I hate it. You know what I mean? Like, and I've seen like people, oh yeah, I guarantee so and so. And it's always like a friend of a celebrity. Oh man, they gotta they'll love this, they'll love this, they'll love this, they'll love this. And then they do not love it. And you're like, hey man, what happened? Well, oh, I mean, I, I guess you didn't like it. I'm like, thank you. That was helpful. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we I had like just like randomly A Rod smashed all the tapes that we had. Um I don't random about that. That was well, <laughs> you said randomly did it. No, well, you didn't randomly do it. But but I don't and he I don't chose. And I'm sorry. I don't mean he went crazy and smashed tapes. I mean he was set up by his lawyer, and his lawyer was like, "No, this can't go to air." And it was like, "What are you? You knew the prank." Like it, I, that was the frustrating well, thing. Well, because like he some, probably got yelled at afterwards. Well, again, no. Read the room. Read yeah. the room. Know yeah. who you're pranking. Like get it. Like I wouldn't prank you with Brian. Your children are dead. Like, yeah, ha, exactly. Ha, 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 well, that's <laughs> a, yeah, well, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like this guy's excited about you know taking a vacation to Los Angeles, and his friends are like, "Here, I know." How and we getting can make married, it. and yeah. all he's seeing is like his wife, his fiance, just, being like, "What? This is over." But you know, in the end, when I look back and I'm like, "This is such a typical dude thing." Dudes just are like, "Let's totally, let's destroy everything for you for a sec," because it's hilarious to us, not hilarious to you. It doesn't. It's not. It's not a win for the fiance, right? It's not a win for their buddy. 
It's a win for it was all about them, right? It was all for them. Exactly. It would they put on the, their own show. When you're doing it for Such that, it's the thing. wrong, but that's the wrong reason. That's the wrong reason. The I'll say that like when I and I brought this up before, but like Code Nine, that Disney prank show yeah, that yeah, I worked yeah. on. I wor- we worked on we worked on together, yes. Uh but the the ending of those bits were Tears of joy, families hugging. Oh my gosh, my family went through all this. Well, to it was a Disney show, so it, we had yes, to. it was. But but I mean, but there's ways to to do make pranks worthwhile. Yes, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. They don't all have to be. No. Look what you've done. Yeah, you're gonna serve the rest of your life in prison because you're a piece of shit. It's like what? Like we had a cut. Like Matt Leiner, the quarterback. Yeah, we accused him of soliciting a prostitute because he gave somebody money in a parking lot who was begging for money. Hey, can I get five dollars? And it wouldn't leave him alone. He's like, here, here's five dollars. This guy was like literally about to sign a huge NFL contract, and then we pop up out of a van as like with FBI jackets on, and we're like, cops, fuck badges and guns, and we're like, hey man, soliciting prostitutes in the parking lot. He's like, what? No, dude, I don't need to solicit prostitutes. I'm Matt Leinart, and I was like, yeah, I'm well, Matt uh, well, he didn't, but again, he didn't nah, say nah, it like nah, that. Nah, you can nah, see nah, the nah. bit online; it's pretty much how it played out. But he, I get, I gave him the option. I go, look, man, you can, you can go down for this. Or your buddy. And he goes, my buddy. And it sounds like he's just being a dick, but in reality, he can go bail his friend out of jail, and nobody is ever going to say shit. But if he went to jail, that would... He, he goes, all, at the end when we revealed, he goes, all I could see were dollar signs flying out of a bag, yeah. just disappearing yeah. into the sky, because I knew that no one was going to want to draft me if I'm out here picking up prostitutes. And I was like, I think you've misjudged the NFL. And uh, well, no, but but it, I I know of, I have a friend that did that for somebody extremely famous who a, took the a fall a long time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's I mean, and it's and and you know, I mean, I I think there's a for it's from what I can gather from the situation, there seems to be a forever guilt and um, um, constantly making it up to them. Yeah, yeah, and it's they just, sit fifty on the fifty yard line of every game. <laughs> But no, I mean that. That anyway. I'm, I guess my point is, uh, dudes just do a lot of dumb. Dudes do a lot of dumb. We really do as men. We do a lot of dumb, selfish stuff. And I know that I'm but, not. I'm not making a statement. No, this right. This is not. Right, right, this right. is not the ultimate. Re- speaking of surprises, <laughs> this is not the ultimate reveal right. to all the women in the world. Yeah, they, they're all, all like, sudden, oh, what? Dudes do dumb shit. That's news to me. Um, but which is even funnier. I would to, to just keep going off uh, uh, on tangents. I was with uh, a, one of my uh, buddy friends yesterday. We both have boys. And he was like, hey, did your kids uh, find, you know, because our kids are in fifth grade. Same time, he goes, did you guys, did you guys watch the movies, the sex, the sex education movies? I was like, yeah. He goes, well, you know, at our school, they offered us the option of the parents coming in to see what the kids were going to watch. And because bo- there was both men and women, or uh, boys and girls, we got to see a little bit of both because they only show the boys, the boys ones, girls, girls ones. And he goes, I, he goes, man, he goes, have you seen the girl one? I go, no. And he goes, can I tell you how lucky we are that we have boys? I'm like, yeah. I go, and you're just, I go, and you're just figuring this I'm out. I'm like, you're just, as a man, just now, you're 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 realizing what women have to go through. And he's like, dude, it's crazy. I go, again, I cannot stress enough, dude. Even my we mom, we are men of a certain age. Even my mom know knows by now. Boys. <laughs> no, it's not even that. It's just when I, what I was saying to him. I'm like. Are, do you not have a wife in the house? Do you not Has know? Has no one ever talked to you about any of this? Yes. Are you not aware of how much women? And that's when I said to him, I go, that's why we as people, we need to leave them alone. L- leave women alone. They, they, 
we've got it. Men, ha- we have it so easy when it comes to just waking up and going. Well, all right, well, I can. I'm going out. I got, I got a couple. You things. just got out of bed. I got to go out. Got things to do. <laughs> Maybe I'll I'll shower my pee pee or not. I like that. We have very minimal. Like that's just not. Women have so many other things, both externally and internally, going on with them. From the minute they hit puberty on, it's just it's it, it is unfair in so many ways. I don't mean that to, to demean them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the exact opposite. I am championing championing. How do you say that? Championing. 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 The their their resiliency. You know, their of resilience. like what they have. What yeah, that too. <laughs> what they have to go go through just just to make it through life is just ridiculous. And we're we are jerks yep. as men. Yep. For just putting blinders on and just not my problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. So bravo, ladies, for yes, all you do. Bravo. And real quick, just to take it back to the prank thing, I will say there are guys that I read about like George Clooney who who are really good at, at pranks. Like but but they But again, he knows how to read the room. Yo, of course. Because no one's ever gotten mad at his prank. No, I, I I read though that he went to the costumer on a movie that he and Matt Damon worked on, and I think it was Matt Damon, and he they were supposed to be wearing military uniforms in the movie. And slowly, over the course of the movie, this guy kept shrinking his uniform a little bit <laughs> every time he put it on. Oh, so that he, by the end, he's like having trouble buttoning it. And he's like, What? I've been working out. I'm not eating. Like, you know, I'm but, not eating. But, but, but this, again, Hollywood this is thing. like Clooney's buddy. Yeah. So then at the end, it's like, Ah, you fucking got me. Like, that was a good prank to yeah, me. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like making someone, what was the movie Ski School? Where they like take that guy and they put him in a small house. They 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 give him a he's a short dude and they're like take this pill it'll make you taller. And he's like oh, okay. And he takes it. And he's not a very bright guy. And the next day they, they, they wait wait till he goes to sleep. They move him to a smaller house. All the stuff in there is the same. It's just tiny. And he wakes up and he thinks he's a giant. <laughs> it's just it's comical. It's that to me that's comical. Mm-hmm. But but there's no. You're gonna go to prison for this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Just, there is there is that element where guys think that it has to be terrible or it won't be funny in the end. Right. And it's like, eh, I disagree. But <laughs> but again, I don't like being pranked. I'm not that's not my I don't I, I don't mind surprises as long as they're positive, you know. Surprise has <laughs> slashed your tires is not good. But Yeah, like, I'm a little bit against surprises. i as you know, I think we've talked about that on in, in, in past episodes. I, I just I'm a, I, I, it takes me a long time to build up trust just in human beings. And so, like, I'm very suspect of any form of, like, don't you, I swear to you, yeah. are you tricking me right now? Like, are you doing anything to right. me? Yeah. Well, we've also cut, we kind of came up in, in an industry that we didn't, we don't, didn't, wasn't heavy on trust. And, like, uh, it's not the industry. I, I think I've always <coughs> been like that. I've always had, a, I've <coughs> always been like, when I, that's probably why I was never the most likable guy in a room. Like, you know, you have friends. When they walk in a room, like they're instant, they're everybody's instant buddy. There's just certain people that have that aura. When they 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 can they they are uh, they can work a room the minute they walk in. I was always the exact opposite. I walked in a room like looking around, like who What's can I trust? What, yeah, What's this yeah. chick looking What's, at? What are you about? <laughs> what, are what are you people, about? What are these people doing? What are you about? I guess I guess I have that a little bit. Uh, I would say, <clears throat> but also growing up, like I you know my my friends, I'm still friends with them today. But like they would do some shit that was like you were like, hey man. When I had my back turned, that's what you did? Like, thanks, dude. Like, you fucked me. And it's like, ah, they, they have a good laugh, but whatever. But that's when you're kids. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, as you grow into adults, like, they don't do that shit anymore. And, like, yeah. I don't. And I don't even know where it comes from. Maybe it's just how we're wired. Like, some people are wired. Maybe it's they... Midwest. I don't know. But, like, 
no, because I assume I went like I'm referencing some of my in my head. I'm thinking of some of my Midwestern buddies that just, I think just we're all. It just depends, right? It just depends on how, what. I don't know where you know maybe maybe my family maybe I saw something when I was a kid that that, that led me to who knows yeah. you know what I mean that led me to not trust people the way they behave or whatever you know I don't know I, part of I mean part of me just working in hidden camera has made me a little bit yeah. even well, more yeah. paranoid <laughs> than I was before getting where's into the it. setup what are you doing uh, yeah <clears throat> and then a couple times I have been in, gotten in trouble I remember I was in the I was at a House of Blues in Anaheim trying to see a Social Distortion concert and uh, my friend's wife had driven us down there and we were in this big suburban. And so we start pounding beers. We're just in the car. I drink like eight Coors Lights. All of a sudden, we're surrounded by literally Disney bike cops. Cops on bikes had Disney things and badges. And, and they're like, get out of the car. And I was like, what is this? So we get out of the car. And they go, you've been drinking? I go, what? No. And then he goes on to his walkie-talkie. And he goes, the dude in the hat? <clears throat> and I look up. And I can see like three Pelco cameras hanging from light poles. And the Pelco cameras are the upside-down dome cameras that you see in, like, Vegas. And, and that's what we used to use all the time. And this is in the middle of when I was working on Punk, and I was doing all this other stuff. And I was like, yeah, I had eight beers. <laughs> I was like, I saw those cameras. I was like, how did I miss no, that? No, you like, had eight Coors Lights, which exactly, equates which is to a beer four, and a half. Which I would say is maybe three to four beers. Yeah. Um, mostly, yeah. Mostly water. Yeah. But, but it was just – and then they were like, well, you can't go to the concert. And I go, you're not getting my ticket. And they go, well, you can't park here. I go – Okay, that's very different than you can't go to the concert. So we just moved the car off the lot. I walked in in a hoodie, and then on the way out, I saw the officers, and I winked at them, held up my Did ticket. I, I don't know if I ever. Yeah, I I only time I ever got we um I worked on uh, the Wade Robson project on MTV. Which, oh wow! Uh, so after seeing, I already knew about all that other Michael yeah. Jackson stuff because it was going on at the time that we were working on the show, but um. So, and, and if anybody, I think we've already talked about this, but anybody, anybody questions that I'm, I take Wade Robson's side on that. I don't know yeah. the guy very well, but I'm going to just go let you know that uh, I take his side on that story. And I, I uh, tend to take, uh, I'll, uh, I tend to side with the abused if they come forward. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, if you're willing to come forward and destroy everything, your and, whole life, and, I mean, and, and, the shame and change it, yeah. the way your life is going to be from yeah. here on out, and know that people are going to hate you, and and think, and I love people who think that's a money grab. Are there? That's insane. Or they just want to be famous. Nobody wants to be famous for being molested. Yeah. Okay. Nobody. Nobody. There's not one person who's like, if I could just get an adult to fuck me, then I could be famous in 20 years after. You know, a billion dollars in therapy. Yeah. Nobody wants to be famous. The women that Bill Cosby raped don't want to be no, famous they don't for be that. Known for that. They don't nobody, want, nobody wants that in like as the thing. Like, hi, this is Patricia. She was raped by Bill Cosby. Nobody wants no, that too. No, and it, that's why so, the Corey, uh, not Haim, but the other Feldman. one, Feldman. That's why you know that there's something wrong. That there's something going on there, and. You know they they use his kookiness to say, well, he's just a kooky kid. That's Come on, it's like no, he doesn't. He doesn't need any. He really doesn't need it. Yeah. You know. Anyway, uh, so anyway, so worked at the Wade Robson show. We had like a um, a rap party, like a mini rap party for just uh, not not all of us, but like the we the tight knit group. I was Herald Examiner. They filmed it at the Herald, but um, but I got to know like the P, a lot of the production people, line producers, you know, UPMs, production P, PAs, and all that stuff. So we go. To Malibu, Jesus. Uh, it's like Zuma or Beach or whatever. Wow. to Just hang out one day and have fun. And of course, you know we're pouring some beers and red cups, and we're having a good old time. You know, throwing the football around. You know, you know, living life. Do what who, you do at the you, beach. Who you, Johnny? You talk? Yes. 
you know, li- you know, living life, doing what you do. Just Swayze you know? and Keanu Reeves on a beach, yeah. dude. Just doing what you do, and then out of nowhere, it's just like the gators come down. You know, the the the, the police. It's like, and, and, and I literally felt like a sting operation. Like they were clearly, just waiting. They saw clearly, you guys. No, waiting. I don't know if they did or if you know. Usually, somebody tells on you. And I look back then. <laughs> I'd be like, screw you for telling on me. But I get it. Like you're probably some people were probably there with their kids and didn't need it. We weren't rowdy. But we were we were breaking the rules. But it just it was funny how they come up on you like this sting operation, like that. You know, they just pop up. I'm not a woman in a bikini. I'm a man who's a <laughs> who's a Malibu Police Department guy on the beach. Like it just the way they kind of came out of everywhere. Yeah, just like you know, helicopters driving, and you're just like, and you kind of stop. You're like. This feels a little excessive. I was right going to say, like, you don't have real crime to fight. Yeah, it, it, it seemed a little bit over the top. Adults we were, on a beach drinking. Because is ultimately, your... all we had to do was dump them and get tickets, and then they took pictures with all of us. So it was like it just like that was the. It starts out as like a big sting operation, you and know. Like, and hey, then by the way, you got to pay a small fine, and yeah. also, hey, photos. somewhere somewhere I have photos of uh, you of, and some cops. Of, yeah, me and a bunch of uh, beach cops. Didn't know? they try to make a show about beach cops where they like every year? They like There's ride. a new one, you know. I, th- I saw on Netflix. There's a new show that basically is Baywatch. What's it called? I don't even know because I I, Boob I watch. No, but it was something Beach Police or something. But it was something. It was not Beach Police, but it was like a new version of Baywatch of like um, lifeguards. And I was just like, just call it Baywatch again. Just, <coughs> no, no, don't. No, I'm just saying call if you're gonna Baywatch. do it, if you're gonna do it, and you're basically every one of it's basically a Baywatch. Then just do a reboot like everybody if else. If you're not, just... if you're not going to make it, if you're going to purposely make it campy and stupid and like Baywatch was and childish and ridiculous, and then yeah, call it Baywatch. But otherwise, just make, there's it's okay to have another show about lifeguards not called Baywatch. Do you know what I mean? Like I that. Get... I part of me hates that. Like they're like they're there's so you don't like the new Magnum PI. I never. I only watched the first one. I we had a guest on who was on the show who loved the show who. Like the original, so I, I'm not gonna shit on it. But no, I don't watch the new Magnum PI. I don't watch remakes in general. I don't have TV. TV that doesn't. It, unless unless there's a unique spin to that's it, what does I'm that makes sense. You could make a show about a cop or a detective in Hawaii. It doesn't have to be Magnum PI. He doesn't have to be a guy with a mustache wearing a Hawaiian shirt. It doesn't have to be that. Like. I don't understand. They they remade MacGyver as a TV show for kids, but then like changed a lot of it. Just make it a different show. Like I don't understand why it has to be called MacGyver. Is well, that so that parents branding. go? It's branding, yes. So parents go. Let's watch this together because when I watch MacGyver, yes. he blah, blah, blah. yes. Ah, pff, fuck right. that. All right. well, okay. I do not care for that. Very very upset. This is the most upset I've seen you since <laughs> 2016. The um, uh, t- uh two things um. And I, 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 I won't say their names out loud, but two previous guests, and then I'll, I'll get clearance on it because I, I didn't. But I, but I, you got me thinking because it's about re, it's remakes, not remakes. But one of our previous guests will be in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure Three. Awesome. Okay. That's not a remake. That's a sequel. Well, I, what I meant, but I, I, yeah. I was we were talking about. And then one of our other guests will be in the new HBO version, which does sound cool. Limited series on Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Yeah. Huh. So HBO oh, I'm very is doing curious. That. Yeah. Are these both male guests? No. 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 Both female. No. One female in the Kevin Smith movie and male in the Perry Mason. Oh, is Kevin Smith doing the Bill and Ted? No, sorry, 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 sorry. But Bill and Ted. I didn't mean Kevin Smith. Oh, okay. He's not, no. Um 
Yeah. So anyway, so I'll, I'll get clearance and maybe on the next episode I'll be able we to should talk to, about uh, that. Yeah. Um, but also, I'd that. love to hear and Willis Turner, by the way, a former guest who's like he's doing really well in locations now. He works on Ballers because I and I texted his picture to Cordry and I was like, um, "Watch out for this guy on set." And he's like, uh, "Yeah, he's a decent guy." <laughs> I was like, "Thank God, Willis. <laughs> Hope you didn't mess that up." I love um, ballers, dude. Uh, but he's but uh, Willis was on Barry. He was locations in Barry, and he's awesome. also doing locations in Perry Mason. So oh, that's uh, great. Willis is uh, is having a good. He's have, he's had a really uh, good uh, a good run since he got uh, he moved over from working at the Herald Examiner. Where did he go? Where did what's the company he works with? I don't know. It's is just it guys. It's just he's he's freelance locations. Oh, but so he's, but like he's union. So that's the thing. Is like it's getting it's going from like so he started at the Herald Examiner just as a site rep for me, right? Yeah. And then it's like you become a set sitter. You got to get your days in, like every like all the union stuff here. Yeah, you get your days. He got his days, and then somebody, you know, what you need is you need a crew to pick you up, a, a television crew that constantly is getting jobs. And they like you, and they start looking. But you then you start meeting other guys, and then you know if it, when you're you know because now as you know with television production, it's tw- it's all year round now. Before it didn't used to be like yeah, that. it was seasonal, which was which yeah, is summertime. You'd have to get on an indie film or hopefully get on one of the few big right, budget films. Right, because TV didn't shoot in the. I mean, no. back it. I mean, we're talking back in the day now, but like twenty two episodes, mm-hmm. you shot it, it was done, it aired. You took a break. Yeah. Then you came back for season two. Yeah, you're, it was you're, like the, the t- standard television is you go in pre-production in August, and you are pretty much done by May. And there's a break in between your 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 uh, um, episodes that you're filming, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, so, yeah, you, you yeah. take time down, yeah. holidays and whatever, all yeah. that shit, but... Now it's all the time. Well, I, I mean, I, I, networks keep, still have the same schedule, but everybody else does not. Do they? Because I, I, you'd be hard pressed. I think Blacklist was the last show I saw that ran twenty-two episodes in a season. No, I said same filming schedule. Oh, production, yeah, production schedule. Yeah, because to me, like now, and I get it. There's all kinds of outlets for TV and movies and Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, and you, there's no rule. There, there are no necessarily like rules, which I appreciate. Like, you want to make a five-episode show, you can do that. You know, you'll drive the viewer crazy if they're into it because five, six, seven, eight, you're like, I need more of this. And then you have to wait for season two and it gets rough. But like, those are complaints that are done out in my head. You know what I mean? Like, there's still, it's still an outlet for this, this type of media, whatever. But I will say, I just, I, there's something about that schedule, that 22. Now, now it is year round. People are shooting today. People are shooting, like, I shot on a movie. I worked on a movie. I'm shooting you right now talking about shooting. (laughs) I just shot something. I'll produce a movie up until two days before Christmas, which, by the way, I can finally talk about Bad Trip, uh, the Eric Andre movie, the hidden camera movie. Is Is that, oh, it's officially been, It's been, uh, the trailers are out. You can check it out. I saw a cut of it. Um, I saw, I went to a screening the other day. Um, Eric's doing, like, a European tour, but I think the movie will come out in October. Okay. Uh, you know, it's it's always interesting to work on something, and and then when you see it, and they cut out some things that you're like, hey man, why would you cut that out? But you you, you weren't in post, so you have no idea. No. But you know, I think I think his fans, I think there's a lot of there's a lot there. It's a full on hidden camera movie. Every scene is essentially a prank. Uh, these people are unsuspecting. Eric is not the kind of guy to set people up that know what's going on because he hates that react. I mean, as he should, mm. hates that reaction. Um, but I would hi- I'd highly recommend it. Just. Uh, one, I love Eric. I think he's super funny. And everyone else involved, Tiffany Haddish, Rel Howery, like these guys are, this is like a huge, it's kind of a big deal. An all black leading cast in a hidden camera movie, I don't think has been done. Did my neighborhoods make the cut? 
I think we will get yes. The there is there is some stuff in that from the grocery store parking lot at okay. uh, Super A's. Yeah. Um, that we shot like way like I, that's what impressed me was like I was only on this movie for three four weeks right. Mm-hmm. They shot three years before I even came on or two years you know going back and forth to Atlanta or whatever it was, and then. Uh, they used a lot of the stuff that we shot in L.A., okay. which I was like, okay, which which means that that was needed to smooth it into a, a, a film, you know. But anyway, those trailers just started coming out the other day, so I I wanted to promote it a little bit for him. But yeah, do it, promote yeah, it. I see nothing if anyone goes to see it, but well, whatever. Maybe I get to work on Bad Trip too. See, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, we were gonna. Oh, I, I was gonna talk about. I have to do a self tape today. That's what I was gonna talk about a little bit. Just like how. Yeah, explain to people what <laughs> self tapes are. <laughs> like, but uh, you know what? But there was a time where you really a lot of people didn't do. I mean, I guess I suppose there have been self tapes for a while. Ever since camcorders became cost effective, but it's different. Well, because yeah. you get to digitally send this Cam- stuff now. Back in the day, you couldn't do that. I think the self tape thing when camcorders were out was an emergency only. I'm in London and I have to audition for something in New York. And they don't want to fly me here, so I go to a studio. I have a guy shoot, but you know what I mean. Now, Eddie comes over with a his phone, holds it, so reads it's the Eddie's lines. Job. It's Eddie's job. <laughs> he reads the Eddie lines. Eddie Pence, by the way. And then, like, and then we do, and we go, and like, more and more people are doing the self tape thing because then they can just look at tapes and they don't have to have, you know what I mean. But personally, I like physically getting into a room to audition mm-hmm. because then I feel like. You get a little bit of your own personality out there. You can s- show them that you're easy to work with, that you take direction well, that you're a worthwhile human being, you know? Whereas the self-tape is like, my name is John Huck. I'm 6'4". I'm reading for the part of uh, Dawson. And then you do the thing. Of the and, creek. And you, and you turn it in, and then that's it. And then, you know, I, my agency and my manager get back to me all the time. with like, hey, man, this is really good. Like, I don't turn in self-tapes where I'm like, uh, whatever. Um... But at the same time, I, I, don't, I don't ever plan on booking anything from a self-tape. I think I've known Nate Craig said he booked from a self-tape uh, that Netflix show Maniac that he was in. But then I was like, oh, my God, you're the first person. He goes, well, my friend was in casting. She told me to do it. She pushed the tape through. It wasn't like, everyone's self-taping. We're going to look at all these. And then you got picked. It was like... Hey, you have to look at this. Yeah, this is my well, friend. That's how, that, but that's how the business. Works. No, 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 no. And I'm not. I'm, I'm not mad at Nate. I, I love the fact that he got it. I was just saying, like, I still have yet to meet anyone who is booked full on just from a self tape that yeah. they sent in. You know what I mean? Like, I think it benefits actors and directors and casting people when you can do it face to face and physically. I think yeah. I, sometimes I think you know I. I Having been on the other side of the of the casting thing, which I know you have been too, I mean, sometimes um, you you already go in and you kind of know, unless somebody wows you and changes you in another direction, like y- using your look specifically, like they're looking for your look specifically. So if they go, all right, yeah, 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 he's he's still on point. We now we do need to see him live now. Now so, to see if he can because act. they just want to make sure <laughs> that like you're on point, and then they they bring you in or that you're fulfilling that initial thought process. That and that and that's that thing, which is why I I you know I I've already told you a million times I don't you know, I can't stand I don't know how you guys do it I don't like the audition process. Every once in a while, you know, you've had <laughs> me do a couple things where I've reluctantly you know uh huh. Like even last week when you sent me that thing about the you know the stuff that Nicole was doing, I was like, 
Uh, I don't, you know. Oh, well, like, that, but that's but, you know, but there's no audition. Is, yeah. But my yeah. point <laughs> is, like, I still go through that whole process of, like, oh, do I want to even. Yeah. Even go down those roads because you know, just listen to your guys' stories about how much you have to go through. I mean, I look, I go through rejection on the other side of producing and directing and writing and all those other things. So it's a it, there's a world of rejection available to everybody if you want it. Um, <laughs> Move to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. I, but I think I for me, like there was a time when I literally I despised auditioning, despised it. Like I hated the process of just having to drive somewhere to be rejected. And now I look at it as a way to sort of stay sharp. Like, you know, I'm not acting all the time. I'm not playing a character constantly. Well, don't ever play that guy. <laughs> I'm playing a character named Jonathan <laughs> Huck. I just, but I, you know, so when you get a, an audition and there's, it's a beefier part of you, part of my brain is like, oh, this? Really? Five pages of dialogue? And I'm not going to get this because they're looking for a 70-year-old man who, like, I don't fit... Why am I doing that? But then I'll do it just to practice. It's really, like, I don't know. There are other ways to practice acting. That, to me, is the best way I've found, is, like, take a part, try to make it your own, make some care. And then if you, if you really don't think you're going to get something, go in and just play it how you want to. Make a choice. Do something so that they can see that you're making a choice, you know? I told you about the, the time I got yelled at in the audition, right? It was a commercial, and it was for a bank. And I'm only bringing it up because of exactly what you're talking about, about make your own. So I was like, all right. And I had that attitude. I was very cavalier about it because I'm not an actor. So I went in there, and the the concept was I was supposed to be like the bellhop or somebody or the, the host, the concierge or whatever, going to somebody's door. And they were a little bit criminal, but not too criminal. And you had to kind of say something like, once they open the door, you're supposed to look behind them and, like, do some improv, right? And so, like, the guy opens the door, and I was like, oh, excuse me, sir, is that a dead body? And he's like, and cocaine? He goes, cut! He's like, dude, it's a bank commercial. We don't need dead hookers and cocaine in here. And this is the, the guy that was, like, taping them all. And I was like, oh, all right, you know, whatever. They said improv. He's like, well, not that dark. It's still a commercial for... A bank that wants your business. You don't be talking about yeah. dead hookers and cocaine. He's got, like, he's got a point. He does have a point. But I I'm mean, just saying, when you say make it your own, <laughs> in like, my oh mind, my I was God. like, that's uh, that to me was hilarious. Dead hookers I, and cocaine. I think I think make it your own within the world that you're auditioning <laughs> for. Not like I'm gonna make I'm gonna play this as a Miami drug dealer <laughs> who just outran Crockett and Tubbs in a speedboat. <laughs> like no, you gotta. You know, make the character somebody who's Whee! living in that world. Hookers and cocaine. Did you get the bank commercial? Or? I did. I booked it, crushed it. No, <laughs> I, I think that was one of the last things I ever did because I remember the other one that I went to, and that's when I knew I didn't belong. Was I was sitting was somewhere out in Santa Monica, one of those popular places. It's got like multiple rooms of auditioning, so it's packed with twenty seven hundred ocean all going park, to different ones. And I remember sitting there and everybody else, and I'm talking about like, I recognize a lot of the faces. Like, these are like people that do commercials actors, all baby. the time, mm-hmm. but commercial actors. Mm-hmm. And I remember they were all like coming in, hugging each other. Which one are you here for? And then they all started singing together. It was the song and dance. All of a sudden, it turned into like a review. And I was like, and I'm sitting over in the corner going, all right, I'm fucking out. I'm done. Well, okay. I'm out. Here's what you got on I, I realized that. I'm like, I am not, I, I don't jazz hand. No. I don't do any of this stuff. Nope. I was like, no. I'm done. No. I literally was like, it was one of my last days. That, that, I, well, look. 
<laughs> I just feel like a lot of actors come from a theatrical background. You know, when you were and I were in high school, we were like hanging out, playing sports, drinking beers, being Midwest kids. Mm-hmm. Some people went to theater camp. No, I, I get and you that. know what I mean? And like the difference of theater camp and drinking beers in the woods is there ain't no fucking jazz hands in the woods. There's no sing-alongs in the woods. You know what I mean? Like the theater camp thing is like, yes, it's nerdy, but like it's not nerdy. I mean, it's just no, it's different. It's, it's a different culture. Definitely and I, nerdy, I was not but not in a negative way. No, I just realized in that moment to 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 riff off of what you're talking about. I was not that guy. I was not. I didn't feel like that was my subculture. No, it's and not. I felt out of place. And I thought to myself. I I'll never do that. I just won't. Like I don't have it in me you don't to be a to, song though. and dance man. You, you My dad was a song and dance man. <laughs> I'm not a song and dance man. So I don't see it as a bad thing. My dad was a theater guy. He's an artist. My dad is like a Bob Ross. He's on the back of like art books, you know, holding you you've seen those pictures. Yeah. Like my dad my dad is an artist. Like through and through. All I got from my dad is I can tell a joke. That's it. But sometimes, like, my but I'll never be a song and dance man. My dad taught piano; like, he you know, he knows how to do stuff. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. But my my, my point is that you don't like. There's still places uh, for actors that aren't song and dance people. You know I what I mean? Like, I know, but I just there, there's. I understand what you're saying. Like, you look at that because because I'm with you. Like, sometimes uh, you just see everyone just hugging and getting along so beautifully, and you're like. What's wrong with all of you? Like I barely can hug anymore. But I, but I don't even know who to hug. I'm like, I, who am I? Like I don't know anybody well enough to everybody hug. Everybody starts hugging. You just go hug or something. They're like, what are you doing? Who are you? Well, like I, uh, I, I thought we were all. You guys hugging. are all hugging. I, I want to yeah. hug. Yeah. But yeah, I just feel like there's there's places for different kinds of people. There, there's enough roles. There's enough things being made that we should all be fitting in somewhere. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the rejection can be hard, and the the, the nerdery of it can be uh, a, a lot to take sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, that that was the day that I decided that this was not where I belonged. I mean, that along with the dead hookers and cocaine. That experience. was the day the acting died. Yeah, and I also did a really bad impression. And I will say, and I'm I'm making fun of myself, not the ability to do so. I and and, and this is this is probably gonna wreck it for some of you, but people doing prop work with empty stuff. Oh yeah, pretending that a box is heavy. Opening a door that's not there, There's holding coffee a coffee in the cup. cup. Yeah, you will now start watching. If you if you if you want to wreck something for you, start watching, and you you will start noticing how many people are holding empty coffee cups because it's so paper thin, so light. And the way they do it, and you'll start noticing, like, there's don't no, nobody there's does clearly like that. there's nothing in there. You'd be at least spilling a little. And the bit fake the drink, top. the fake drink move. So if you're gonna start seeing this stuff, and you're gonna go, ah, damn it, Brian, you wrecked it for me, because well, I, that was another one. I was really, I remember going in for an audition and having to pretend to be taking like a really big heavy box somewhere, and I just, it, I had never done anything like that before. I had never done it before, and I, I just know that I was looking. I, I must have been. I just looked bad. I'd love to see some of my old audition tapes. They're floating around somewhere with the <laughs> Sam Raimi thing. I ass- I assume that, that we're you know I'm just being mocked in a room somewhere by casting people who are like, look at this fucking clown. Don't do this. Yeah. Don't ever yeah. do I'm this. I'm being used as how not to act for a class somewhere. I still gotta find. There's out of VHS tapes somewhere. I'm on the I'm on the cutting room floor of a Craig Sheffer movie, 
um, which he was kind enough to put me in his movie. You remember Craig? You know Craig Sheffer is the actor. He was River Runs Through It. He was Brad Pitt's brother. And oh yeah, the program that would be like the two. I think he was you the dad, uh, the coach. In the, no, James Conn was the coach. Yeah, he, he was one of the players. Oh okay. Anyway, so he shuts up the, the Herald and, and uh, he put me in it to get me into the union initially to, That's the cool. SAG, to get my you know SAG eligibility. But it it it, it, it didn't make it into the film. But I have somewhere on VHS the, the footage, and I remember watching it. Like they gave, they were nice enough to give it to me, and I remember putting it in the first time, all excited. Because you don't, sometimes you don't know, you don't until you you don't get to see it. And I watched it, and I was like, "What the fuck am I? What is this? <laughs> what did I? What happened? <laughs> why did he let me do this? Is this what I did? Yeah. Why this did this was okay? Why did he let me do Why'd this? Why did you use this cut? He's way too nice. Why did? Why? I'll find it. I should. Yeah, put, it I could, should post that because it's it pretty unsettling. It's, I have no problem making fun of myself at this point. No, me neither. Uh, the, the angriest. I'm uh, not angry, but like I saw myself in something um, before I ever took any acting classes, and I and I had done something for a friend, and a movie I was in was going to come out, um, and I hadn't seen a cut of it, but I saw this thing first and was like, oh my god, I suck at acting, <laughs> and I drove from that theater to the director's house of the movie. In Playa del Rey, or to wherever, stop it, and said, "Hey, I need to see a cut right now, or I'm not going to come to the screening, and I'm not going to invite anyone to the screening." And he was like, "What's wrong?" I go, "Was it raining out? It was really dramatic when he opened up the door. It what are been, you doing here? It actually might have been raining. No, I had to buzz him. I mean, he lived in one of those giant buildings. Did right? he know you were coming? Uh, I told him I was on my way, and he was Wait, like, you, "So you didn't ask if you could come I over?" I was like, "Hey, are like, you, you home? I'm coming over." And he's like, did you "Oh, have a baseball okay." Bat in the car, like, no. how, how far were you willing to take this? <laughs> no, but I was okay. like, I was, I was. In, I was really in my head with like, oh, that was. And I told the guy who this other independent thing I did, I was like, I'm so sorry I fucked up your thing. He's like, dude, you were fine. I go, fine is not. Was he slowly backing away from the door while he was dude, standing there? You're hey, John, fine. You did, He's got his hands great. up. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so I put I've, the guns and the knives away, dude. Yeah. So the guy brings Nunchucks. The, the guy brings his computer down to like this lobby viewing area in this building or whatever. And I was like, so he goes like, yeah. Here's some headphones. I mean, you can watch it. You're f- you're good in it, dude. I wouldn't be releasing the. I wouldn't be trying. I feel to like I remember this. I feel like I think you got some of it, and you asked me to watch it because you were really worried about it. Is that mm, was it the? I didn't get a cut of it. No, that was dumbbells. That okay. was dumbbells. Right. Yeah, uh, this was garbage. Is what the movie I'm talking about. I play a garbage no, man. Let it, the movie's called garbage. You guys. Yeah, he's yeah, not calling the I'm movie garbage. Movie garbage. He's, it's called. It's called. Uh, what's that's it called? Met Lee. In Europe, it's called like. Um, Garbaggio. Hollywood trash or something like that. It's got a different name, but it's it's, it's called a movie with Lee behind the scenes. Yes, Lee Toby <laughs> intern. <laughs> he's now like a uh, he's now a, a a rep for like uh, writers God, and everything. You know what we should do? I gotta I gotta remind me when we get off air. I gotta I should send you the link to post of the Sordahan video with Ian Bag, Ian and Lee. Oh, remember that one? Yes, you're in it. A lot of who else is in that? Patrick uh, Keen. Uh, that whole series. It was very successful for South Peak. It was a South Peak. Um, I always forget about that. That that I got hired to do this. Um, South Peak Interactive had done this video game called Two Worlds. It right. was like an interact. I don't know what it's called. Like a role play. It's but it's but it's a video video game video role play role like, play game. Uh, I don't know what, what a precursor to like Fortnite and shit. Like yes. That, yes. Kinda, yeah. And I guess it was horrible. It was, it was oh, really? Yes, it was really bad. So they hired me. Oh, to make fun to of to make fun of it because it was a new one coming and out. The, and, and so that they could just be like, "Listen, we'll make. How about we? Because you know, people. There's that whole like, subculture of video Shit. gamers. They just they will destroy you, yeah. right? And so they they hired yeah. myself to create this character with Ian, 
find a way with Ian to make fun of it. You know, they had met Ian, I think, somehow or another at a comedy club in, the, in Texas. I think South Peak was based in Texas, and they saw Ian do stand-up, which if you ever see Ian Bag do stand-up, you're going to fall in love with the guy. Yo, dude, he's just, so it's funny. It's ridiculous. So funny. After you, you know, regain your breath, because yeah. he's just that good. Yeah. So they hired him and I to, you know, find a way to buffer between the bad one and the new one coming out so that they people would be interested. And we, um, the concept that I came up with was to, you know, that the, the the secondary character in there wants to quit the video game. Like, he doesn't want to be in the game. Yeah. He does not want to. I mean, he wants to find a new life for himself in the real world. And so the, there's a, I think we made six of them. There was like a series of of episodes of him uh, try, at South Peak Interactive, the yeah. actual, you know, company. In the boardroom. In the board, just yeah. trying to get out. Just f- constantly. And the problem is they can't get his name right. That's always, That was always the joke. But Lee... Uh, we made him the sidekick to this sort of Han character. And so, yeah, we should post all that stuff because it was really funny. It, yeah. it ended up coming out really, really well. Everybody everybody did a really good job. Yeah. Of, I remember of that being really that. funny. And uh, it did. It got, got great reviews. Sci Fi Channel reviewed it. Um, really? uh, I. The thing is, I'm not in that world, but like all the, um, the video game Tech review was, worlds, yeah. uh, like their world, like they. Loved it. And they appreciated South, what it was, yeah. And South Peak actually released the game, and it, the game did really well. The and new one. Then, yes, yeah. and then the company closed its doors. But oh. not because of anything that we, we did. did. Like, right, it, right. It, it, it was because it was just, you know, they're going in a different direction, and I think the company got ultimately got sold. But we did our, and it, it, it did get, it, I think one of my favorite reviews was at the time, because it's not going to make any sense to some of you people, but they said, uh, move over, Old Spice guy. <laughs> So th- there's a Dude. new sheriff in town, and his name is Sordahan. <coughs> hey, that's there good. Was, for those of you who don't know, there was an Old Spice character guy. He's that still, was doing, Dude, he's th- still doing those commercials. They still do the old? Okay. Yeah. Okay. They had Terry Crews. It was like this guy who sort of looks like Terry Crews. They brought Terry Crews in for a little bit, but this guy stayed. Yeah. Okay. And he's still doing. They used to be a lot weirder, Yeah. those commercials, but now they're, they're still there. They're yeah. still out there. Uh, Machinima, IGN, all those review sites were like yeah. had, had great reviews for it. That's awesome. So anyway, yeah, we should put those up. Anyway, just because you're in it, uh, uh, Lee is in it, and I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not even going to tell you what Lee does in it. You should just watch him because it's. It, we just it got really weird, but like yeah. really funny weird. Yeah, and he's he's got a real good sense of humor yes, about who he is and what he looks like and everything. We made a music video. Patrick Keen, Patrick uh, Keen shot something where he wanted me to play a pizza delivery guy, and I show up at his door with pizza, <laughs> and uh, and we they got Lee in there to like try to stop me. He was like mad at me for something. So he was supposed to jump on me and then I was supposed to just like walk as if nothing was wrong because he's so tiny. And that's exactly what happened. He's like <laughs> he's like, dude, I can't even remotely slow you down. I'm like, dude, I would if you if you were lineman in the NFL, I would be in the Hall of Fame. Like you you can't stop me, dude. Your bo- your bones are hollow. Get out of my way. Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's it was just it was really funny. But Good he's lady. again Good sense of humor and also super successful, like yeah. really driven, like really. I mean, just go back and listen to the episode. He sounds like he's on cocaine, but well, because he had so much caffeine that yeah. day, he but, he I mean, was like but just happy. But also, he's also an amped guy. Yeah. Like he's just an amped dude. He you was, know? you know what? He loves his life. Yeah, you know, yeah. very happy to be out of Michigan. <laughs> and, and <laughs> is that what it is? That's well, all it well is. just you know, a guy like him growing up in a small town yeah. probably yeah. had some some issues and some hard times. And, sure, and I think I, I really enjoy. When people can go be who they want to be, yeah. you know what I mean. As long as it's not a murderer or a rapist or whatever, but like, just the idea that like 
if you're thanks for li- clarifying you're, that, by the way. If you're living somewhere and you feel like you can't be yourself because of the town or the community, you know what I mean? You need to get out of there. Yeah. Like, there's other places to live that will accept you for who you are, and yeah. you just need to go find those places. Yeah. But, yeah, so let's post that stuff just yeah. because he's got a good sense of humor. He was such a good trooper for a long time yeah, to do the yeah. things that I did with him. We dressed him up, made him dance. We did all yeah. kinds of weird shit. He was oh, like, yeah, yeah. okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's a good trooper. So, yeah, yeah. we should put that out because the, especially the one that, that you're in, that conference room one, is really funny. What if he lost all his clients? They were like, we saw you in this video, and uh, we don't want you to rep us anymore. <laughs> I'd feel really bad. <laughs> But I won't. But I won't take it down. Yeah, never, never, never apologize. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's about all I got. Do you want to talk quickly about this idea we had of another podcast? Well, it's eventually going to come. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 so a couple podcasts ago, um, I went on a pretty a happy rant. Yeah. About having seen uh, Death Wish for the first time in my life, and which is the- which is a movie that when it came out, everyone was like, "Oh my god, this movie's crazy! It's violent! It's awesome!" And now when you watch, you're like, oh, it was made a while ago. Yeah, but it, but it, it being able to watch it now and then kind of understanding what was going on in society at that time, I had a different perspective of it that I probably yeah. wouldn't have watched. I mean, the whole reason why, uh, like I said before, the reason why I watch is because I had friends growing up that were into the cheesy Death Wishes, the other the Charles other Bronson ones. stuff, where like he just basically became this guy that like every movie he was in, Give them a couple guns, give them a reason to get angry, and let's just go kill some people. You know, every yeah. decade. That was it. That was that's who Charles Bronson was to me. But I, I I went down the rabbit hole of just like if you like this, you're gonna like this. If you're gonna like that, you're gonna like this. And that rabbit hole was pretty deep. And thanks to streaming, you know, a lot of that stuff that was probably never seen from the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, and we the nineties. You can now see all this stuff if you so choose. And while everybody else was watching Game of Thrones, <laughs> you're watching. I was Death watching. I was watching my own versions of like <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, I, but it was Death Wish of Thrones. And so yeah. we we will have a show. I'm not going to list the title of it. I also don't want to talk about what. The um until we get it done, what there there it, it's going to be very structured. But just know this that um, John, myself, and Eddie have talked about we're going to do a spinoff of Hollywood Anonymous that is solely going to celebrate what you can find now through all the streaming services of all the movies that probably you've never seen but you need to see. Like if you're a fan of Mystery Science Theater or Riff Tracks, like those guys watch the movies and make fun of them. We're we're not going to do that. That's a long we're process. Gonna, we're going to laugh. We're going to laugh. But and we're going to mock. But you need to but you you at the end of the day our goal is to remind you you need to see this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'd you, like you to w- to watch these bad movies too, and let us know what you think, kind yeah. of deal. Because you have to, and it's just, I, 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 it's a different mindset. But that's what Death Wish brought to me. It yeah. reminded me that you can still enjoy something that really is not good. Yeah, I mean, when you look at an Ed Wood movie, you're like, oh, this is hilarious. Yeah. And it's interesting, and I'm enjoying it. But like, you're like, this is really done poorly. Yeah, if you're co- if you're going into every single movie, and this is this is this is aside, I've gotten to a point now. Like when people get really upset, we've talked about this before. When people get really upset about like the Avengers movies, or a superhero movie, or a Star Wars movie, or a Star Trek movie. These are huge, massive franchises, and they get really upset because, or like a perfect example. Um, 
Indiana Jones, whatever, you know, like they're gonna they're making Indiana Jones five, and everybody's everybody immediately goes back and jumps on Indiana Jones four. Like I just at some point you you gotta stop putting holding them to such high standards. Your goal in watching a film should be from the beginning, just like going to a comedy club. I came here to be entertained, everybody. Yep. Not entertain me, everybody. <laughs> I came to be entertained. So you it's I think it opens up a lot more options for you yeah. to be fulfilled if that's what you do start with. Yeah. If you're if also like everybody's vision, everybody's artistic sensibilities are different and subjective. And because someone didn't make a movie that or a TV show that um, you know, is is only within the limitations of your mind then you, you don't have the right to be mad at that. You have the right to not watch it. You have the right to not look at it. But you can't be mad because this is somebody else making something. Go If you're that mad, go make something you want to make. Yeah. Figure it out. You know what I mean? But, like, the idea that everyone's shits on filmmakers who make movies that don't coincide with their exact ideas. It's like, dude, then don't watch those movies. There's, a, there's so much shit out there. You don't need to be stuck watching one kind of a movie. That you might not even really enjoy. Well, you know, I, I will say that this is this is. There was a moment in my life when so I had I just graduated from high school, and that summer I got a job, um, at uh, the football field. It was it was called Horlick Field, so it had a baseball diamond and it had a football uh, field on it in Racine, um, and that's where we played football in high school, uh, and and um, football and baseball there, and it wasn't anywhere near the high school, but. I got a job just being like a guy, like helped uh, clean enough stuff, cutting grass, like whatever, the, you know, maintenance Maintenance, guy. grass Yeah, crew. I was a maintenance assistance guy, right? And when I was in high school, I didn't like rock and roll. I was an alternative guy. I was the oh, cure, the police, God. you two. Like, I was that guy, right? Yeah. Like, I was the, you know. So that, far out of the mainstream, But bro. the guy that I worked with, the guy that ran it there, all country, all day, every day, that was it. And he had a... Locker full of porn magazines, which I always thought was a little bit weird. But anyway, but, but but that's all he listened to every day, all day. And initially, I was there. I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. By the end, you're like, I got a barbecue chain on my white t-shirt. Well, what I chose to do instead of being angry about it was, I just was like, Hey, man, you know, you need to open up your mind. Just try, just open your mind and listen to the stuff because music. All music has structure to it. Like you don't have to like whether it's whether it's rap or country or rock and roll or alternative. Everything has a derivative of some form of structure. That's what music is. So if you can open up your mind, you can you can find you don't have to like every single song. No. But you can appreciate it. And it was that summer that I learned to appreciate thanks to country music. I did I, I finally went back. I was like, I can like rock and roll. I can I can like other things. I don't need to be so closed minded. That I only like this, and if you like that, you suck. You're close-minded, and so like that, I kind of look at the same same way with movies. It's so you're, just saying, like you're open saying it you, up. okay? Because it sounded like you were telling the other guy to open his mind, but you're no, saying me. You can't be. Yeah, okay, good, good. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. My buddy Tim Krause said to me when we were in high school, he said because uh, we, we had, there were friends that would only listen. I had friends that would only listen to the Grateful Dead. And I love the Grateful Dead. It's my favorite band, and I would listen to them all the time. But guess what? I also want to listen to Slayer, and I also want to listen to Metallica and Megadeth and Anthrax and Behemoth and Wasp and Poison. Keep and, going. Yeah, I could. You know what I mean? But like, um, these these are all the things that are on his quilt. <laughs> <laughs> these are all that. 
But like my my buddy Tim goes, yeah, man, variety is the spice of life, dude. You can't just do one thing all the time. That would suck. And I was I like, mean, you can, you but... can, but like again, you're missing out. You yeah. really are. You're missing out. And I'm not saying everyone needs to go to a Slayer concert. Although I do, I will say everyone needs to go to a <laughs> Slayer concert. But like, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's you, country music. There's stuff you can find within any types. Any genre of music, you should be able to find at least a couple things. You're like, yeah, no, I can get into this. Even top forty, even pop. There's some songs I'm like, yeah, no, I like it. You know, you don't have to. You're not. I'm not going out and buying Casey Kasem's box set, but like, you know, there's nothing wrong with changing it up every once in a while. No, no. I, I all I'm saying is that just experiment with it, and you might get a little bit out of it. You might not like some of it. Like I'm not a Garth Brooks fan. I don't get it. That's not my style of music. I listen to it. I at least listened to it, and I went, nah, I'm good. There are some, and, and, I mean, and again, friends but yet the places. guy made a gazillion dollars, and a lot of people love his stuff. I guess my thing is, is like it, it, it just instead of instead of being anti it, experience it. If it's not your cup of tea, move on. That's the, that's the beauty of this streaming thing right now. There is so much information available. Just experience a little bit of it. Who cares? Yeah. Don't just get stuck in one direction. I'm telling you, not the band. Don't get stuck in. <laughs> yeah, fuck those guys, right? You Don't guys? get stuck in one direction. I joined this band. I can't get out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, my point is, we're, so so eventually, I don't know when this is going to happen. It's a work in progress, but be on the lookout for. We're really excited about this new project. It's not going to. We're not going to stop doing. What we're here. We're just really excited about this new project and celebrating um, the other films. Yes, the films that aren't in theaters with big opening weekends and never were. Or were, f- but like for five minutes before someone goes, what are you doing? Get this out of here. <laughs> this is the only thing that got that I, I will tease about it because we, we will revisit it when we get here. I am, I am a, you know, if you look at the way things are now, like using Fixed as a perfect example, the movie I made, right? Yes. I knew going in that it was not going to be a theatrical release most likely, but we knew that there was other ways to get it out there, a lot of different ways to get your by Fix now on uh, it's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch if you have Amazon Prime. Fix is available for uh, free if you have Prime, uh, or you can get a Blu-ray copy of it on Amazon as well. Um, you can buy fixed uh, Blu-ray or DVD. Anyway, that was my commercial. Is that did I do good? Right. Yeah, anyway, that's great. But my point is, you know, we, there's multiple ways to get your product out now, distributed. But back in like the '60s and the '70s, oh, you, and sometimes when you now when you watch when I was watching these movies afterwards, it hit me. I'm like, what? Was there any movie theater that played this? Because some of the stuff, there wasn't VHS. There wasn't even enough channels to put it on somewhere. Yeah, like, so what, what happened happens to, it? to that yeah, thing? And I'm fascinated by that, and I'm going to look into that, because that's that kind of stuff. Like, when we, If it sat on a shelf, if it was just some dude showing it in his backyard for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, what? Because those movies, you're right. Those movies get made. They were made on film. Yeah. And sometimes, like, if there's no TV channel to put this R-rated movie on... Where is it? Where? What what is it doing? It, it, straight to video was a term that didn't come about until Blockbuster was yeah. a business. So before that, before you could rent a VHS tape from a store, where the fuck were these movies going? Just I, I I'm fascinated by some of these. You watch it and go, I know that when they got because we made movies, right? I know how excited everybody was when that process started, and then I want to know how many lives were ruined after. After it was yeah, over. either after the movie wrapped or during the <laughs> shooting. When people were like, this is what we're making? This seems like a really <laughs> bad idea. But yeah, no, that's... Uh... <laughs> so anyway, be on the, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously let you know when we officially launch it, but we're really excited about that project. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say, that's we, we just want to talk about that and then get an episode out for you guys. And then, uh, uh, you know, I, was, I went to a Garth Brooks concert. 
Uh, when I that's okay. When I was right out of high school, got kicked out. Well, that's not a shock. Got kicked out for buying beer and my friend having a bloody nose all over people. Okay, which one happened first? <clears throat> he well, we were already drunk, and then I try to buy beer with a fake ID, and the cop in the, at the line goes, looks at my ID, goes, "You can't, you can't buy beer." I go, "Why? I'm 21." He goes, "Not with this thing. Just get out of Not here." Not with this thing. And I go, "I go, I'm buying <laughs> beer," and he goes, "Dude, just get someone else to buy it for you," is what he said to me. So I go, "I'm standing right in front of him." I just turn to the guy to my left. He goes, "Hey man, will you buy me five beers?" And he goes, not in front of me, dude. Not in front of me. And I was like, all right. So I blew him off, went up, got the beers, went back up. By the time I got up there, my friend who had drank a whole bottle of vodka on his way there was like his nose. He always got bloody noses. And this woman in front of us was like, are you fucking bleeding on me? And she went crazy. And her husband went and got the security. And then they like pulled us out of our seats and searched us. And then they're like, you have to go. And that would have been fine. They would have let us go. But then on the way out, we like all turned around and gave him the finger. And I mooned him. And I was like, fuck you guys. And then we just ran out into the parking lot. Yeah. And had to hide under cars for like an hour oh. while they like chased us. That sounds fun. It was rough. It was rough. But Like um, I said, dudes um, make dude decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're intelligent. I still remember the time that you got hammered at the Rainbow Room. It was the first time I'd ever gone there. You took me there. And I'm glad you did. And then I remember when we were leaving. And I can't remember what the lead singer guy was. Sebastian was Bach. Sebastian from Bach. From Skid Row. And, and you had... Um, drunk, what I call drunk sloth hands. You know, like when you're not, you, you, you get to the point where like you don't have good depth <laughs> perception and you were behind him going, hey, Sebastian, Sebastian, I just want you to know, man, I think you're cool, dude. And you're like, you're, you're sloth grabbing at him and he's just, I remember thank him, God I remember your fingers walking, didn't get caught into his locks. I remember him just walking by me going, hey man, big fan or something like that. Like, yeah, I was, and you, and you, but you didn't, and you did. You you got you got what he gave you what you wanted, which was a nod. A nod. He gave you the dude. What's up, dude? What's up? But then you you wanted you wanted a little bit more. Like as he was going away, you wanted to follow up. Like yeah. he was comma dot dot dot. Let's 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 discuss the yes. album. Yeah, he was pretty much done with you. And Eddie and I were kind of off to the side, going, "We are so fucked right now. If he, this something bad is going to happen." But then you just let it go, and you walked over to us and and kind of uh, uh, let it go. And Lastly, because I, I don't think we ever talked to this before, and it came up, uh, a buddy of mine asked me this yesterday. He goes, hey, man, some people have been telling me I really should watch the Motley Crue movie on Netflix. And oh. I go, you know what? The answer is yes, you should. Absolutely. He goes, I've heard it's really bad. I go, the answer is it, yes. It was, it was campy as all get up. But I had no intentions of watching it, and it just happened to show up on you know, Netflix. It was in the, when it first came out, it was right there. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. And I got it was it, it delivered everything I expected it to deliver. The movie That's it. is exactly like the band. Yeah, it's fun and totally full of shit. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yes. Like the fact that at the end of that movie they're like, "We're a band!" Like they hate each other. They wouldn't watch cuts of the movie together. They hate each other. Yeah, and mostly they hate Vince Neil. Yeah. So Tommy and Nikki are still friends. Mick Mars is probably what a hundred nine at this point. He was like fifty when the band started. Um, he's got bad back and he's got all kinds of problems. They're going to tour again, I heard. I don't know. I don't know. But the point is, yes, yeah. it's campy as all get up. But and, definitely and, see and, it. And, and, it, and I, I will preface the fact, yes, they do some pretty nasty shit with women. Women are very objective. But you have to understand, they were, <laughs> they were not objective, they were object, object, uh, objectified. objectified. I'm, I'm struggling with the bigger words today. But dude, um, they but, got, but, but they, the they got is, that behavior that was, from Led my, Zeppelin. But, uh, but again... <laughs> 
it's the movie is not celebrating that. The movie no. is encapsulating what was going on with them in that time, and that's how you have to look at that kind of stuff. Absolutely, you know. So yes, it is an entertainingly campy movie that at times, even in its own campiness, you're like, dudes, you guys are like crude with the women. But again. It was that time. They were know, like was that time seventeen frame. when that band started, or whatever. They had no idea. Like they all dropped out of high school. Like they, their you know their views of how to treat women came from bands like Led Zeppelin, who like notoriously we only like fifteen year old girls. You're like you can't do that today. You can't be a band like that well, today. Shouldn't have been doing that ever. But well, okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You shouldn't have been doing it ever. But 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 the times they did a change. You yeah. Know? Um, For and all Mot- the right reasons, and Motley Crue, yeah, and Motley Crue followed in that vein because that was their influence, and that was what they saw as being rock stars. You know what I yeah. mean? So throwing TVs out windows and you know heroin and all that shit, they thought it was cool. And look, I'm sure you talk to Nikki Six now, he'll tell you heroin is not cool. You know oh, okay, I mean? good. Like, Thanks, Nikki. Yeah, you know what I mean? Thanks I just for sharing Mr. Six. Although, talk to Vince, and who knows? He'd probably be like, yeah, I still have a couple <laughs> beers and drive my car around, even though I killed somebody in a fucking drunk driving accident. Jesus. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, I would see the dirt for sure. If you have any any interest in Motley Crue at all, because it's really it's a funny movie. The guy Jeff Tremaine, one of the executive producers, is the executive producer of Bad Trip, uh, the Eric Andre movie. So I worked with Jeff quite a bit, and he is great. You know, he did Jackass, he did uh, Bad Grandpa, and that guy is just he. That guy like he's the only. A, other dude I've ever seen show up to work in a Slayer t-shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, dude, yeah, I know you. Like, I like you. It's immediate because you don't, most people are like, Slayer, was that, are you wearing that as a joke? And you're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> that brings up my, my final point. It is a little bit weird to me uh, to finally be at an age where you're starting to see people that are like anywhere from 13 to 25 walking around wearing Led Zeppelin, Nirvana uh-huh. shirts, the uh-huh. Beatles, uh, you name it. But, but, but my point is, yeah. they're wearing them ironically, right? It's kind of like what we did growing up. We would have done the same thing, but it's just weird to now know that they are, it's, it's my generation, right? That they're kind of like, they don't really know it. They're, they, they just, whatever they've seen, but they go, oh, I want that. I just want to wear a Ramones t-shirt or whatever it is. And you're kind of go, huh. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever. I don't. I'm not mad. I'm not no. the grumpy get off my lawn, pay my taxes guy. My point is, it's just I'm finally getting to a point in my life where I'm like, oh, you think the area that the era that I grew up on grew up on is, is mockable, is mockable or ironic or yeah. whatever. You know, I I've never worn a rock T-shirt ironically. Like I only wear T-shirts of bands that I like. No, I understand that, but I'm talking about but but, those, but, but these bands don't exist anymore. No, so no, no. Right, so when right. you do it now, yeah. And when Target's selling Ramon right. shirts or whatever, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I remember I saw this girl I really liked that I worked with on Punked, and she showed up to work in like a Judas Priest T-shirt, and I was like, "Do you like Judas Priest?" And she's like, "No, I just," I'm like, "Oh," and I was real. It's like, a style. Not I was a... immediately like, "Oh, that 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 makes a difference to me." Yeah, like that makes a difference where you're like, "I just I wear Iron Maiden T-shirts because they look cool." Like, you don't want to see the band live. You don't. You've never seen them live. You don't care. Like, you don't like their music. Like, don't wear the shirt. Like. But again, who cares? It's a piece I just of I do like the fact that I, every once in a while I'll drive because I live in a very hipstery area and I, I I'll drive past people and I'll be like, yeah, you probably should stop dressed like the '80s because I've been trying to burn those photographs of me You're from right. the '80s for decades and you don't realize that. I know you think this is funny right now, but you're going to regret every photograph, and you're going to be in a lot of them on the internet. 
looking like I look like back in the 80s. Forever. Forever. Those yes. pictures of you in the 80s aren't all over the internet. No. Everyone's photos now. No, they're buried oh. in my basement in my it's garage. There's some weird box. <laughs> I don't care if these get water damage. But yeah, so that's it. We're going to have a new podcast as well as this one. We just wanted you guys to be aware. And uh, now I think Brian's going to help me with a self-tape. Yes, let's do it. All right. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Have a great week. And uh, real quick, I'm going to be in at the Comedy Loft in Washington, D.C., July 19th and 20th. Four shows, 7.45 and, uh, and 7.30 and 9.45 each night. It's a Friday and a Saturday. Uh, if you live in that area, please get some tickets at dccomedyloft.com and come on out and get your laugh on. It'll be a different set than I was there last year. Uh, same sweaty jeans. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 